everyone welcome back to the comic-con podcast this is season two episode 39 we're recording here on october 6th and as always we drop this friday mornings and one of your hosts here today is zach aka the manimal that's myself and since justin is out at new york comic-con this week i brought in one of the heavy hitters one of the lords of the long box the premier lord of the long box my good friend tim tivo what up dog what up, man? This is, I do believe, my second time on NPR Tiny Desk. I got to speak with my podcast voice. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. my second time, I do believe. It's good to be back. I even canceled my live show for it. Just no, no, out. no. So what, my, what, what, what happened? happened? Life, what happened with it was just, I was... I was I was tired. Um, uh, our friends from Cover Price were at New York City Comic Con. They said, "Oh, yeah. I'll get you some." I said, "You guys don't even worry about it. Do your thing. Don't you know? I could use the day off because I've been doing. You know, I did Tuesday, Wednesday, and then like Thursday, I was like, oh, man, three right. three days in a row is 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 tough sledding, man.'" It is. I mean, people like you, if you're not doing this, you may not realize it, but it's, it's one. I mean, you got to be on and you got to talk, and it's just kind of tiresome after a long work day. And you, you want to. And it's hard to do house. that without ADD. You know, I'm telling you. I'm, yeah, that's you know, true. That's true. Performance enhancing drugs, right? That's what you need <laughs> exactly. for this kind of shit. Minus so, is caffeine. Yeah. L- luckily, luckily, we don't have any bans on performance enhancing drugs in the uh, podcast <laughs> YouTube world. So. Yeah, no, no piss test here, please. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get right into it. We're going to start off with some community news. Um, If you guys have been paying attention at all, today is the first day of New York Comic Con. And, man, I mean, the comic book community over these past cons, whether it was like kind of started with San Diego and kind of went into, um, oh, God, C2E2. And then what was the big big drama one? Um, Acetate. The Acetate. Was was that C2E2? What are getting me more? No, no. No. Anyway, I whatever. So was I think it was C2. Was it? Like, yeah, I think yeah, it was. I think it was so, too. Yeah. So yeah. it's no surprise that New York Comic Con is starting off with a bang. And uh man, today was was on fire. So Tim's not super caught up on like what happened today. So I'm gonna kinda launch into it from my perspective and then see what he thinks about it. So I was alerted today to a seller being on whatnot at the whatnot booth at uh, New York Comic Con, uh, Wonder Comics, Dennis from Wonder Comics. So some friends told me, man, you gotta <laughs> you gotta get in on this. This shit is wild. This guy's losing it right now. Oh so my God. Tune in and it was like mid mid breakdown. I mean the guy is like losing his mind pretty much. And so Tim, I was gonna try to explain this to you when before when we were chatting, but I figured, you know, better to talk about it now yeah so, i've seen the video but i don't have context for it right, so right. to me it's the ravings of a madman but i'm pretty sure there's <laughs> yeah. more context to it so obviously people will petition the lords of whatnot to you know sell to at their not uh, use our name at yeah sorry name not lords like lords of long box but the yeah. perceived lords air quote lords of the whatnot world to sell at their live whatnot booth right and um I've know a lot of people reach out and a lot of people got no answers, like sellers on whatnot. And of course, all your big influencers got, you know, their spots. Well, Dennis from Wonder Comics did get a spot. So he was on there live selling from the booth. Obviously, they're giving some exclusives and some whatnot stuff, some books from whatnot to also sell as as well as their own booth or their own books. So he's selling and it's not going well. I mean, the, the connectivity and the lag on his stream are really fucking things up like so you know you're doing a you're doing a countdown right so it's like 10 9 seconds left to bid and then 
it stops right from nine and then immediately drops to like three seconds and then boom, this, this, then the auction's done. So that messes with your bids, right? Like people who could have got in more bids didn't get in bids. And yeah. dude, his books, he had some books that were like hundreds of dollars taking hits and like hundreds of dollars. Now, I don't know if they would have got to what they should have been or whatever fair market value was, but they were definitely taking massive hits. So it, I don't know how it started. I only know how it got to when I tuned in. I'm assuming he was asking first, probably politely, for some help, some connectivity issues. And, you know, I don't know what their capabilities are, but no one was listening to him. So what you saw was the first thing I saw that video as well, where he's like raving and screaming at whatnot for help, like, hey. Can I get the tech guy? Can, can I, I get, get the tech guy? Can, can I get some fucking connectivity help? I'm like, and oh, man. He's losing his mind. And, of course, in the background is just the glorious gem mint with his fucking ridiculous oh. Dragon Ball Z hair. And uh, <laughs> and they just like, he's like screaming at Jam. He's screaming at Bolo. You can see Skeff's ass in the background as well. And everyone, but he's screaming the F word. He's screaming, screaming, screaming. I'm screaming. I am surprised they didn't escort him out. I mean, he was getting, dude, I mean, you know. So that clip you saw was probably like 30 seconds, right? So, so who's watched, the name of that guy? Who's the name of that guy that was yelling? Dennis we, from Wonder Comics. Okay. Because I seller. saw, is that, so Decor Collectibles is a different. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that, not really. That's the one no. who posted the video on, on Instagram. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, go, so go was, check it out, Decor it, Collectibles. I was sent it this morning. Uh, and somebody sent it to me, obviously, uh, anytime some drama happens, I'm pretty sure you get the same thing. You right. always send me shit, even if I don't want to see it. And, you know, I actually know people at New York City Comic Con and there is no free Internet access, I, I you know, um, that I know of. So you're stuck with whatever, how many bars you have on your phone, or I think you can pay for Internet connections. I meant, you right. know, uh, but I'm I mean, assuming typically- what not had something set up. Because they're they're live streaming there, and so I, they're using yeah. their, as far as I know, and I could be completely wrong here, but I think they're using. It's not like they're using their own phone. I don't think, but I don't know. So I would assume if you're live streaming, you were what not platform phone, I guess. Or yes, or is. something. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's pretty short sighted of whatnot as yeah. a company to be like, hey, live stream from here with one bar. You know what I mean? Bro, so, I mean, let's let's let. How many people do you think are there? Like what? 25, oh. 50,000 people in New York City Comic Con, right? And then and it's Thursday, the first day. So, and they're all using the same. If the NYCC is offering some type of Wi Fi or, or whatnot, you know, um, a lot of people are going to be on it, you know. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I also I have think- to assume they have some like, assistance because he's asking for assistance. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't think this is like, I don't Where's think this is, tech guy? I don't think this is guy? like, yeah, his first interaction with Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think yeah. this is the case. So I, I assume that him, by him reaching out for help, it's assuming that he's going to receive help, that he probably received help setting up as well. So you asked, how did it keep going? So I followed his stream the whole time until it ended and he was losing it. I mean, just losing it. And justifiably, like I said, I mean, he's losing money. No one's helping him. People are just looking. And so then, dude, it goes from like bad to worse. <laughs> this like whatnot employee or HR or whatever the hell, this poor girl comes up and you can see her like in the bed of his stream. And he thinks he's finally getting help, but he's not. And she's just comes up and tells him like, hey, you have five more minutes left of your like time slot. 
And that was like oh horrible HR, horrible customer service. Like she he lost it. He's like, you came. So it's more like me. a PR person, right? Yeah, basically like managing their, you know, blocks of See, time. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that like they gave people blocks of time to sell. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, they get the like booth. yeah, so you get like yeah. the four o'clock hour or whatever. So yeah. So she came over and told him, and I, dude, I get this. I get the frustration when you've been asking for help, literally screaming for help, and no one, everyone ignores you until they come over to tell you you have five more minutes left. Like, yeah. so he lost it some it's more. Like the worst of Geek Squad, Best Buy. Right. right. It's like you know, but uh, yeah, I'd like to get more context to see what it is. I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, let's be honest here. I mean, I don't have any stake in whatnot. I don't mm -hmm. sell on whatnot. Right. I don't. I'm not partners or whatnot. But I, you know, they've had a bit of a tough uh, ride ever since uh, Acetate Gate, and to compound that, they were, uh, you know, uh, being defensive about it. Certain, oh yeah, they're not helping themselves. Yeah, certain no. influencers, if that's what you want to call them, were, right. you know, you know, I mean, it's the NYCC exclusives aren't even exclusive to whatnot. There, I think there were some Spider-Man books that you know yeah. were involved, and just like um, you know, I mean, Bird City Comics has some exclusives. Karis Comics has some exclusives, and probably whatnot does too, because whatnot is is they big now. They yeah. they got their. I think they're publishing their own comic now. Yeah, um, couple. Yeah, so I mean, the, the the waters are murky now since there's so many people involved and there's money involved, and then you know. I'm personally oh, yeah. friends with the guys at Shortbox. I think they do a great job with what they do. You know, they're not, um, you know, they may, I don't think they hire influencers. They just hire people that are part of the community that will do this and other. Where others are just a pure money grab for good or not if they chose the right person. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. you know, I think everybody has a preconceived notion of what these people are. They throw the word around influencers and, you know, it's, it's like a small fish in a small pond, basically. Um, yeah. And what made the original situation worse was they were flipping these books the same day that it happened with the acetate thing, right? So right, uh, right. And then whatnot. And well, whatnot stayed silent. So that was that's the most condemning thing in my mind of whatnot. Like, look, to go back, not to like dredge up the acetate gate stuff, but you had like multiple people who were to blame, right? You had Black Flag, you had the influencers, definitely. and then you had whatnot, right? So. In my opinion, what not to blame for it was they knew what was going on. They knew that there was drama or over Acetate Gate, what Black Flags were doing and what their influence were doing. And they allowed their influencers to still sell on their site. And then they came back later. Well, well you know, we didn't want to like stop anyone. Well, you didn't have to because we didn't want to make new rules. That was Jack's big thing was like, we don't want to set in policy that's going to hurt everything later. Like, yo, I get that. But maybe what you could have done, you could have called those people who you knew who they are and said like, yo, wait to sell that book until we figure this out and then go. But no, they let them peddle their shit and make their money and do all that because like you said, the almighty dollar. So I just, well, think, I think that's where black, I meant originally it wasn't even whatnot. That was to blame, right? It was black flag, black flag created this kind of uh, right. influencer the book, line. Yes. And then, you know, but the, the thing was, look, these backdoor dealings have been going on for, ever right there's the the audacity or stupidity of black flag was doing it in front where everybody could see them well the right? influencers you know? as well the people who exactly. thought the gem mints the nerdy girls the golden age gurus the scaffs who thought they were larger than life and they could and walk up to the front of a line in front of yeah. everyone and also five years ago social media wasn't where it is today right. where somebody would get something and immediately place it for sale right i mean you know, yes. that's that's the thing is, you know, before make an exclusive, I'll throw it up on eBay three, five, seven days, what have you. But now it's like 
as soon as I get a hold of the book, I'm going live from in New York City mm-hmm. Comic Con. You can buy these, that, and the other. Um, our well, friends at KRS, our oh, friends at KRS Comics, they limit two per customer for their exclusives. Mm-hmm. So they've been selling go, like before too. Like you could buy their NYCC. Like I think this whole past week. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's up to the retailer. I know Black Flag at New York City Comic Con was like, thank you, whatnot, for getting <laughs> taking the light off of us for now. Right. I don't even think Black Flag is there, to be honest with you, for uh, for whatever reason. But we'll see tomorrow if um, what the uh, what the what does it say? The spin on it is if the, it was the internet oh, yeah. connection. I mean, I was told by people who went to NYCC that the internet connection there isn't free. So you're, you're mm-hmm. stuck with whatever, but if it's also, if it's the infrastructure at NYCC that caused it, or if it was the app that caused it, you know, cause if it's the app that caused it, then whatnot is a hundred percent to blame. But right. also you shouldn't as an IT person, I know. And just like going live, I go, if we go remote somewhere, you know, we test it out before we would go live or, uh, you know, in any IT environment before you go live with any type of connectivity, you test and test and test to make sure, Hey, this can stand the weight of it. Now let's add 40,000 people, maybe half of the others who are also using internet or right. I, cause I'm assuming what not had paid for the internet access. Cause it would be or something, right? Yeah. They'd have to set up some kind of infrastructure for this, you know? Like, yeah. If they're just you, relying on like a 5g uh, or like a hotspot. Yeah, high spot in their that, shit. That's that's not good. That's why and whatnot. It's like you know, if you're if you're selling on your phone, you better have a good connection. Mm-hmm. Like you know, as whether well, other places is static. You throw it up there, whatever amount of days it sells, it sells. It's on a website. It's not you know, it's like uh you know YouTube. If you don't have a good connection, then people get pissed off because you know the 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 chat. And we've seen it all before on and way before whatnot on YouTube auctions, right? If people had a slow connection or they right. timed out or they had top chat top enabled, chat, not live, live chat, chat yeah. enabled. Right. I yep. mean, it's, it's, it's cyclical. So, but we'll see. I mean, it's kind of, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier about like, you know, in the past, obviously not having like social media and access. And I think that's very, it's very telling because even before this issue situation with uh, wonder comics and whatnot, all day prior le- leading up to this, I'm telling you, the community is aware now. Like the community is eyes on everyone and watching things. I was seeing, I mean, it's almost creepy in a way. Like the pictures that were being taken of these so-called influencers being like, yo, here they are, here we're watching them, here they are. Like if that would have been me, I'd be kind of creeped out by like, hey, damn, dude, someone's watching me taking a picture when I'm not looking. And the but you know what? Like is these, in the water, they're waiting for yeah. and, and I, people you know to what? slip up. Screw them, bro, because they none of them, none of them were transparent none of them have come on and accepted blame all of them have pushed blame on other people lied and denied and so yeah they you reap what you sow man but yeah day one nycc baby yeah yeah, i mean if if i reached out to what not they wouldn't tell me anyway i meant it took three months for them to reply to my email just to be approved by a buyer so you know i've been it doesn't look good, though. I mean, nope. you know what I'm saying? But at this point, I think they're agnostic to it because there's probably the few loud voices that criticize them probably are outweighed a lot by the actual people who buy their daily. Not just comic books, Funko Pops and all that other shit. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah, the, there's not – I think people need to understand it's not just the comic. There's a comics. There's Pops. There's cards. Yeah. There's – I mean, there's more to whatnot than just comics. In fact, comics yeah. is one of the newer – divisions of yeah. whatnot and so. our community is is the you know the critical ones could be very vocal but i mean if you think about it compared to what their user base is it's like 
a drop in the ocean, you know? Yeah. So I just don't think unfortunately. They, manage, they don't manage like, you know, their, their sellers though. Like that's the thing. You got these lower tier sellers and I don't mean that disparagingly, but you have lower tier sellers who make up the bulk of your sellers where you're making the bulk of your selling costs and fees off of, but you disenfranchise them and discourage them to sell. And then you only, these sellers only see these same influencers get promoted, promoted, promoted. You're going to lose that. So what you got, let's say you got, and this is fucking, this is just math, bro. You got five influencers, let's say, and then you got 50 of like your grunts or like your working guys. Those are the guys you make your money off of, especially since we know some of those influencers don't have to pay seller's fees. So once those yeah, middle see, tier guys, yeah, there are some who that. don't. So once wow. these middle tier guys decide to stop selling on whatnot, that's going to hurt the bottom line, bro. Like good luck surviving on your five or your three because two of them don't pay seller's fees. I mean, that's the beauty of eBay. It's anonymity at its, at its best, right? You can post a killer ass comic and maybe have 900 feedback. But if that comic is, you know, it looks it's a 9.8, people are going to buy it as long as you don't have any negative feedback, right? right. And, you know, but whatnot is essentially a popularity contest right the more and they oh, yeah. even they even push it they to lean the front. heavy into that yeah and i and i've been told in more one way or less that, that more ways and less that hey you know tell us and we'll help push it to the front this that and the other and i'm like right. you know whatever you know um wait you know, till full, ebay enters yeah. the room bro once ebay live enters the room bro ebay ebay change. has probably 20 times the amount of buyers as yeah, as whatnot short box and everything else combined it's i mean if you think it's not to mention the gone. international aspect of ebay oh like, yeah i mean shit, you should internationally and just region. give it to some random weird address you ever done that shipping internationally oh, yeah. it's so like, you mean like to a... erlinger kentucky yeah, yeah that's where you tell ships dude. to it's erlinger exactly, kentucky yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 the buyers of saudi arabia but i just got to ship to kentucky okay it's the global shipping down. program bro yeah, it's exactly, already set yeah. up dude I, yeah kentucky, you send it to erlinger exactly, kentucky i think it's 1850 i know it bro because i sell all the time it's 1850 erlinger kentucky Sweet, yeah, like but yeah. 200. Has eBay, has eBay Live, when is that supposed to go so live? So they're supposed to beta. Actually, I felt like um, I heard something coming up, but I don't I don't want to speak on it because I don't know exactly. Um, but I felt like I read something. Yeah. So. yeah, how many, I mean, however, I always tell people this, how many how many people ever you think is on whatnot is that that's an influencer that that has a lot of seller, you know, I mean, Justin has like, what, 900 followers? 2,000. 2,000, wow. Yeah. So imagine eBay where people have been selling there for since 2000, maybe for comic books. Right. Yeah, dude. And imagine the amount of people that they're going to get on there. Um, you right. know, and I, I can't wait. You know, I don't, I don't know if eBay even sees them as a competitor, you know, right now. Cause nah. you know, there's, they haven't even eBay. entered the ring yet. It's like yeah. Tyson entering, entering the ring against Jake Paul, bro. Like that's <laughs> what it is. It's Tyson's like, yo bet I'm here. Right. But yeah, that's that they can be a serious, serious competitor if they do a, a, a you know, because there's I would tell you 70 percent of people don't want to sell live on whatnot. They rather just don't good. The good old standby. I'll pay the fees. I'll put it on eBay. Right. Or I'll put it on my slabs. Or you don't have the time. Don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't have to go live. I don't have to sell it. I don't have Agreed. to auction for it. I can let the I can let the pro, the website or the program handle all that for me. Whereas whatnot really relies on the personality of people. That's why you ever seen a whatnot thumbnail and it's just a hot chick. And you don't <laughs> even know what very, it was. That's the new, that's the new thing too. That's the, yeah. New. And then you're like, Oh, I was promised boobs. All I got is comic books. What's going on here? You know? I mean, of course, so, you know, the, the auction aspect is, is good because let's be honest, competition drives prices up. But, um, I mean, I've been selling on eBay for 
I think my profile's around 2010 or something, 2009. I have 100% rating. Um, I'd probably make, I'm not even gonna throw a number out, but I'm I'm literally shipping stuff almost every day, almost every week that I, yeah, I sell on eBay. And it, a, just make, it just sits there and does its own thing. I package it up, take it away. If you have a super hot book, throw it on eBay and let the market dictate it and it'll, it'll go up there in price. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you always fix, fixed auctions really don't go anywhere. But if you said at 99 cents and let's say ultimate yeah. fallout number four, 9.8, you'll see it. But it's also the right day to don't end your fucking auction on a Monday, 2 a.m. Right? And it had Sundays between like 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. are supposedly the best day. That's yeah. why my phone blows up on Sundays because all my notifications go off that auctions are ending on Sunday. See, I don't even really do auctions. I'm pretty much just a, I, I, all my sales buy now? are buy it now's best offers, bro. And then I'm really, I'm really like free with the, uh, I send the offers as soon as they come, like boom, boom. So I'm, I'll hit up people like, yo, I'm selling it for 30. You want it for 20? And then just, I just want it out of here, man. So yeah, I'm but it, very close to that. Matter of fact, that shit all, it's to the point where I just have comics all over the floor. I'm like, dude. I need, I just need to clear our room. So let's move on because that was just day one of NYCC. We'll have a lot more. I'm sure next week Justin will come back and give us a lot more insight. But um, let's get into some fun stuff. So first off, new trailer, Super Mario trailer. Super Mario Brothers trailer just came out. And uh, a lot of hype around this movie. Chris Pratt, uh, Jack Black. Is it? Is it uh, Charlie? It's Charlie Day, right? Is the voice of Luigi? Yeah, Charlie Day, the guy from uh, It's Always Sunny. Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. So what'd you um, think? What'd you think about the preview? Or the, the I was I was surprisingly liked it because I wasn't sold on it at first, right? Because you know everybody was talking about how Chris Pratt was going to have this really bad Italian accent or whatever, but it just Gab- a gabagoo. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's fake me, Mario. You know, but uh, it looked good. I mean, there's the you know you got all the classic you know uh, I don't yeah I can't name her off the top of my head the goddamn giant Princess dragon Peach. turtle guy oh Bowser and, yeah. Yeah, and then you got the mushrooms, and you got all this craziness, and it's really the CGI is done. It's CGI animated, and it looks pretty good. I was, you know, maybe oh, yeah, it's it for kids, cool. but I'm like totally down. I mean, now you know why those uh, um, Mario homage variants are going for so high, and maybe mm-hmm. it's because of that. But I think it's just nostalgia as well, and I think it's probably a good time that this film because oh, yeah. you know what, parents will bring their kids because the parents who grew up on the uh, right, NES right. game. And it's I mean, it's a fun safe movie. It'll be you know, and I don't know if you saw. Did you ever did you watch the Sonic one or two? I uh, seen a little bit of it, yeah. And they're both like, I mean, no one's gonna they're not gonna win any awards by any means. But I watched both of them, and they're they're both very fun movies. And like, there's a ton yeah. of nostalgia involved there. Sonic, Tails, Knuckles. Um, I mean, what's more epic than Super Mario Brothers? You know, so, that's true. I mean, I it's, still remember the movie uh, with John Leguizamo. Yeah, and, uh, it was classic. That's a great Bob movie. Bob Hoskins, right? A, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had like the uh, the shoes on their legs to make them jump. They were like uh, springs or some oh shit Oh, my like God. That. Yeah. So it was I so remember, horrible. So if you bought a Nintendo back in the day, every game, it came with Super Mario Brothers, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the original arcade version of Mario Brothers was both of them. It wasn't one of them. You know, obviously he debuted in Donkey Kong, Saving the Princess. Right. But there was a Mario's Brother game where there you it was two players played at the same time, and then yeah. it ended up becoming Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, there's so, so I think nostalgia wise, I mean, you know, if Sonic could do well, shoot, come on. There's a yeah, whole dude. generation that grew up on Mario Brothers, especially on their NES, and just where the shit out of controller, Saving the Princess, and everything, all the secrets. Nowadays, you can go online for secret codes. You know, mm-hmm. but back then you had to get like that that the Nintendo magazine or yep, your buddy yeah. had to tell you, yeah, up, up, down, down, space, space, you know, all these right. crazy things. You know, I was like, damn. I remember 
you know, to go off on a tangent here for off uh, to the side of it, like uh, when my buddy finished Metroid and we realized it was a chick, we're like, whoa. Oh, Samus, Samus, Samus Oran. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, whoa. And uh, I also had a buddy that was big on Zelda. I mean, he would play that oh, yeah. for hours on Zelda, at dude. a time. Yeah, hours at a time. Yeah, I don't know. The trailer looks great, man. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. The animation looks great. Looks I did really read a, good, actually. I read a it's funny really article that fans, of course, fans always got to complain about something, but fans are out here petitioning um, them to fix Mario's butt. He's got a flat ass, apparently. <laughs> Well, they did a plumber. Like, Sega. And he's a plumber then, too, bro. He should have a plump I mean, butt. You remember Sonic? They originally posted the first picture of him. Oh, People dude, didn't like it. And they went back and up. they fixed it. Yeah, yeah. They went back well, and they fixed it. So, yeah, dude. Go. He's a plumber. You're expecting some plumber crack, maybe at some one point. Crack, yeah. So if he's got no, if he's got just a flat ass, that's not going to fly, bro. Are we going to see but. Mario and Luigi? As yeah, Luigi's in there for sure. All right. Yeah, because you see him at the end of the clip. At the end of the clip, you see like Luigi running and. But yeah, Charlie Day is playing Luigi. Um, Jack Black is Bowser. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy as uh, Princess Peach, which I love her, man. I'm such yeah, a yeah. She was in uh, New Mutants, right? Yep. Oh yeah, she played Magic, dude. Perfect. So, uh, so it's a theatrical release only, right? That I don't know. That's a good I question. I think it's theatrical only because day and day release could kill it. If it's uh, if it's, I think it's on. I think Universal, maybe it's Universal Warner Brothers, but I think either way, it's going to be a theatrical release. And as it should be, you know what? Kid movies always kill at the theaters. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Because, you yeah, know, okay. parents are looking for something to, you know, keep their kids occupied for two hours at a time. So, you know, shit, I saw Sing 2 and I was like, man, this is pretty fucking good. You know, I was like, you know, for, you know, a kid's movie. Let's see. Uh, released by Universal April 7th in the United States. And it'll be available to stream on Peacock 45 days later. So, okay. So it took a time it, in theaters. Yeah. 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 It used to be 90 day release, but then uh, during the pandemic, you know, once movies started coming out again and mm-hmm. everybody had a streaming service that they started doing the 45 day window releases. Although Maverick is still in the fucking theater, believe it or not. Yeah. But <laughs> I just saw, I actually just saw on my TV last night or today that you can, it is streamable somewhere. I saw it. I saw like the little ticker for it somewhere. Yeah. It is. So. I think you can buy it like uh, Prime, for, Prime like, Amazon whatever. Prime. Yeah. yeah. But I was like on my AMC app and I was like, my God, Maverick is still showing. I mean, I I, I admit I've seen it like three times in the theater already. Because yeah. there were some days where it was like nothing was it's showing. It's a theater movie, man. It's a great flick. It's yeah. a great flick. Yeah. So cool, man. Yeah. Excited for that. Um, Super Mario trailer coming out or Super Mario, the movie coming out April 7th. And uh, check out that trailer on YouTube or wherever you watch your trailers. So Next up, uh, Tim is going to get into an article here, kind of article slash sad news that uh, just came out in the community. So, Tim, why don't you take it from here? I mean, yeah, relatively, I guess, if you didn't know who he was, you really wouldn't know. But, I mean, in the world of artists, a lot of people know and respect him. Uh, Kim Jong-gi, I believe is his name. And he did work for both Marvel and DC. He also holds the Guinness World Record for the longest drawing ever. If you guys wow. Google it, it's a picture of him doing this giant black and white drawing that's just continuous. Oh, I'm looking at it right now, yeah. And he's famous for, um, he doesn't use reference when drawing. Um, if you look on my Instagram, I posted a three comic um, uh, connecting cover that he did and it's absolutely awesome. It's like Wonder Woman, Batman, and and Superman all in one. And uh, what he's famous for is not using reference at all, where if you go to the polar opposite spectrum of that is that uh, you think of Greg Land, who's everything looks like it's done from reference from like a, a magazine pose or something mm-hmm. else. Right. 
Whereas somebody would just tell him this is what Batman is, or he'll take a look at it once and he'll go and draw it and then use his own, his own take on it. So not many artists will use that as a reference because, you know, they'll, they want to make sure they get, you know, the cobwebs right on Spider-Man or they make sure they get the bat album emblem right or the mm-hmm. superman cape right or things like that but he was known for so it was funny it was interesting to see tons of like famous comic book artists come out and just like you know and plus he was only 47 years old so i think anytime yeah. he dies before their time it was like really shocking you know, people had just like met him like last year at a con and apparently he had like um something with his heart he didn't he feel chest, right chest pains chest what, pains uh, they were saying went to the hospital and he died that's crazy yeah, it's really sad. Uh, you know, some people might know him from. I'm looking at kind of like his bibliography here. That he Flash too, of, I think. A lot of Civil War two variant covers as well. Yeah, I think he did some um, Batman or Flash covers that were black and white as well. Um, so I first found out about about three, four years ago when I started mm-hmm. looking for them, and then the the ones that I posted on my Instagram, those were like I was already on my list, so I knew when they you know solicitations came out, I said I gotta have this, give me this. Uh, and prior to that, he had done some. Uh, a very unique style, though. Nothing. If you look at other comic book artists, they all have a kind of aesthetic right. to them. But his is very um, him, to say the least. You know, and I, if you, you see Peter Moko, you could tell it's Peter Moko in good or bad way. Uh, but when you see him, it's like, wow. And just to know that he drew this out of from memory while using no reference is amazing as an artist. If you think about that. Right. If you're just saying. Here's a picture. Take a look at it once and I'll go draw it. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah. you know, that's pretty amazing. Check out the link I just sent you for, uh, he did like a collaboration to Siege of Lordaeron from uh, Blizzard World of Warcraft. It's awesome, man. Yo. So epic, right? Yeah, that time lapse video is what, is what he was famous for, for drawing that thing. That thing is incredible, black yeah. and white. But that also is that big ass, big ass paint picture that he did. Um, yeah, the battle for Azeroth. That mm-hmm. thing is crazy detailed. Yeah. Oh. yeah, that's really good stuff. You know, and unfortunately, that's just the way the business is. But whoever his, I'm, I'm feeling his original art is going to sell for big money now that he's passed away. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I don't yeah. think, like I said, I think they just said the article I'm reading here just died. Uh, he died in Paris on October 3rd after experiencing chest pain. So, you know, I don't know if they know why or what happened or, um, or if we'll, we, or we will ever know, you know, my just, stay with his family or whatever but um yeah man it's kind of been a rough year for uh year and a half or past year whatever you want to call it for comic book people man a lot of people been yeah. passing away i mean you see a lot of i mean if you just put in twitter his name marvel replied to uh, talked about him uh yeah. i mean you know, he seemed well loved yes yeah cb Sobolski, i mean mark millar mark miller uh, Philip Tan, I mean, everybody was coming out talking about him, you know. Um, oh, wow. Well, that's kind of sad. Um, so he was supposed to have a table at New York City Comic Con. Oh, man. And so people just left uh, flowers and here, I'll, I'll shoot you the link so you can oh, see Oh, yeah, it. I was so, just going to say, I hope they did something. You know, like, Yeah, he was supposed to be in New York City Comic Con. And so at his empty booth, people just kind of oh, left man. flowers and well wishes. Wow. Yeah. Wrote on his table and stuff. That's, yeah. That's, so he was in cool Artist though, Alley. Man. Yeah. He was at Artist Alley. So, uh, wow. That's pretty. Yeah. So he was supposed to be at New York City Comic Con. I mean, that's Damn. shocking. I mean, you know, you never know. Got to take care yep. of yourself. Get yourself checked up annually, man. Yeah. Okay, so uh, kind of moving on to some happier news, I guess. You know, we talked a little bit about World of Warcraft. We're going to switch. And since both Tim and I are massive Lord of the Rings fans, 
we're going to sit here and we're going to discuss a little bit about the Rings of Power. Obviously, it's not over yet, and um, I'm not entirely sure if Justin and I were going to do a uh, like a review of this or not. But Tim's here. We need something to talk about, so I figured this is this is a good one. So, what um what are your thoughts, man? What do you like? Okay, well, let me narrow it down rather than just general thoughts. What was your first? opinion what did only one episode came out they dropped like two or three right at the beginning i think right? th- i'm gonna say three it was more than one definitely yeah maybe two, so maybe two or three and i wasn't so, sure if i just waited for a while but i, I did. yeah um it's What'd been a slow initially? burn yeah yeah I mean, the first, first episode all, was a little slow yeah. right yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean the Samarillion or Samarillion, if i'm saying it right oh, it's yeah. basically it's, it's a hard it's read. Not even, yeah it's not really a story per se is a is a is a history prose. Right, you know? it's like so a glossary can, almost. Yeah, it's like a glossary or appendix. It's, it's like the I mean, end of Return of the King. It's like a bunch of appendices. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about the um, Game of Thrones, right? The new show, but yeah. the difference in that is J- J- George R. R. Martin is actively involved in that, so he right. can fill in the blanks. Whereas they were the Tolkien estate only gave they don't they only gave rights to for them to use the Samarillion. So, but if you watch any, if you know Lord of the Rings and a lot mm-hmm. of these names, obviously Galadriel, um, you know, is one of the, Zildor is one of the, is yep. the guy ends up chopping off Sauron's, or is his son, one of them. His son, Isildur, yeah. Isildur yeah. ends up chopping off Sauron's hand in the prologue of Lord of the Rings uh, mm-hmm. when you see the scene. And that blade, uh, Nazril, was reforged by uh, Eldron and given to Aragorn. Yep. as the rightful ruler of Gondor, right? So, and you saw the sword inside, you know, so if you're like a real like fantasy geek and those little details and you mm-hmm. read the books and, you know, you know, and, you know, and it goes, they go really deep though. Cause there's like, Oh yeah. Five, seven types of elves and, you know, different, you know, basically Gandalf was like immortal and all these other things like. Well, so they don't even the, tell, what's interesting about what I'm really enjoying about this is like, yeah, they're really getting into like the history. Like when you watch Lord of the Rings, I don't think in even in the expanded versions of Lord of the Rings, I don't think they tell you that Elrond is a half elf, and so they don't kind of go into his background. I thought it was, I didn't think they were going to go and talk about his brother Elros, which I think obviously they're going to probably get into maybe a little bit more later. But um, it really focusing on Numenor and the fall of Numenor is so epic, man. I mean, like. Because you, you, you do Lord of the Rings, right? And it starts off and it's like, oh, okay, Aragorn, he's the last king, but he's descended from the Numenorians, and he's this long-lived guy. But they don't really go into it. They don't explain like who the fuck the Numenorians are. So, yeah, like they're an, they were an island. If, uh, for, to make you, if you want to make a comparison to Game of Thrones, it's like Old Valeria, which yes, is yes, was they're, Numeria. They're granted which, a li- longer lifespan. Um, they helped against the original battle against Morgoth and everything. And uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, like you said, dude, the first, the first episode was a little slow, but once they introduced like Isildur and uh, Elendil and they kind of get into that, I'm really digging it, man. I'm, yeah, I'm really it's one of those shows it. you have to get your phone ready and just Google names. So you can do like <laughs> the, the enhanced history of them. Cause I think uh, the black dude who plays the elf, I think yeah, yeah. he is role new. is entirely new, right? right. Um, yeah. yeah. He's new. Um, but everything else is kind of like, you know, steeped in Tolkien history. I don't know how much they can delve into and do like straight up, but this takes place like two, 300 years before the, I think the fellowship of the ring. So, yes. It's so, the second age. 
I know in yeah. the trailer we did see uh, a Balrog. I don't know if that's the Lord of the Balrogs, which you know Gandalf killed, but it looks the same because apparently there was a race of Balrogs. Um, right, the Balrogs. So there Morgoth. may have been, yeah, yeah, there could have been more than one, but you know I'm expecting to see that in the next episode. Um, but you know, even though it's a slow build, it's still incredibly beautifully shot. Oh man, especially. Oh man! Um, yeah. Just the scenery that they shoot uh, from everything—you know, even sailing to the west. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing about Lord of the Rings, you know, when you watch it nowadays, the 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 trilogy is uh, the special effects are, uh, you know, when you had like um, Legolas like jumping off the elephant and shit. You know, so <laughs> they were good at the time, but yeah, yeah they, exactly, it's, it's a little different now. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's just, so it's all like leading up to a big battle. I think we've seen a trailer where you know. Uh, Galadriel is like leading the forces of Numenor into uh, Middle Earth to battle right. whomever. Because I think the major thing that's really irritating, or maybe it's the equivalent of comic book speculating, is like you know uh, who's going to be the baddie? Like who's Sauron? Right? Well, We've, and who's every- the guy who crashed to the Earth? Exactly. Yeah. So some people think it's this person, is this person, this person, this person. I mean, and I would love to see like fast forward a few. I don't know if it's a dozen years or a hundred years when they forged the nine rings, right? And well, so you know, they, that's what we're getting to. I mean, because you got Kelebrimbor. Because there's multiple seasons. There's multiple seasons yeah. coming, yeah. You got Kelebrimbor, and he's the one who forges the rings of power. I think you're going to see, obviously, the introduction of Mithril is going to be huge to that, um, the forming of the, the yeah, rings Mithril of power. is the same um, armor that uh, Frodo wore when right. he got stabbed. I think, yeah. I think Bilbo gave it to him. Yep. I, if I'm from, yeah, he was gifted. So I remember it he from got Thor, he uh, Thor and Oaken Shield. Yeah, he got stabbed inside that cave, the mm-hmm. troll uh, inside the inside the old Orc Mountain, and he was still alive. And then uh, the dwarf goes, uh, Israel, and that's what they're mining inside yeah. the ring, uh, inside that mountain. People are there saying the rumbling they're hearing is because they're awakening a Balrog. Right. That's well, that's what they tell you in Casa Doom was they delved too deep, and that's exactly. what they did. They yeah. woke up one of the uh, the Balrogs. So. Yeah. Some of my complaints about the show so far have been there's certain storylines that I don't find interesting at all. Like first off, the the halfling like aspect, it's kind of dumb. I honestly think it's it bugs me when shows feel like they. You have mean the pre hobbits before they were hobbits? Yeah, the yeah. the harfoots, I guess, is what they're called. Yeah, so they're called harfoots. Yeah, I don't like that they. I get it, dude. Every Lord of the Rings, every Hobbit, there's been some kind of like a Hobbit esque character. That doesn't mean you have to like stick to that trope. And it bugs me. It bugs me that they feel like they need to do that because there's so many things that have been underplayed in Lord of the Rings, in the books and in the shows. And this is your opportunity to fill them. Things like, yeah. we got a little bit more, give us more dwarves, give us more elves. I don't need to see more hobbits. Like, what the well, hell, I think in the, in the Hobbit film itself, we got a lot of the dwarves. Remember that? We you did the five, yeah. the five armies, the Middle Earth and everything. You, you did get a lot there, more than yeah. most, yeah. And I just have, a, I just hope there's a payoff for the Harfoots and Meteor Man, I guess, for lack of a better. <laughs> Meteor uh, Man. Great movie, by it. the way. Great movie. Yeah. Great. <laughs> one of the original superhero movies. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the payoff something. He's speaking some foreign language, right? Yeah. Which, you know, he's falling from the sky. But if you read like the, every race has a harbinger of what uh, uh, a comet brings. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe else, some say it brings light, some say it brings dark, some say it brings the end of the world. So it, it has a different um, harbinger for all these different groups of, of people. 
Um, and you know, what's interesting to me is, you know, in the Lord of the Rings films, it says, you know, orcs were originally elves mm-hmm. and you can see that in what's his name. He's well, already get into he's it. A, yeah. Yeah. Are yeah, you all caught up? Yeah, I'm caught up. I'm going to, oh, okay. I watch it uh, when it comes out at midnight. Oh, okay. Um, so you saw it with like, a, yeah, Adar, how he kind of like talks about it. He's, he's, his, Adar is like yeah. an elf that's slowly turning into an orc. Mm-hmm. If, if yeah. you look at his face, right. It's kind of already getting uh i mean it, the, the, they also mentioned the uruk but not the uruk high which was right. created by uh saruman and yeah the it's the, Rings, ra- the first right? race of the orcs pretty much kind of like yeah um yeah. but yeah it, it says you know and it th- talks about how it took hundreds of years for the orcs to become from elves to how they kind of just defigured kind of crazy creature because in this show they don't really look like they look in the movies yet you know what i'm saying right right half of them are wearing these weird masks and everything well that's probably to save on makeup money you know (laughs) they're wearing like helmets where they don't have to do that some of the more disappointing the things that are showed to me are when you see the practical stuff like you know like the special effects like the scenery and landscape are so beautiful and then you look at the costumes like man that looks kind of janky you know yeah get something you know so the other the other like story trope that is kind of like kind of bugs me it's it's Exactly the same reason why I was saying I don't like the little Harfoots and the Hobbits is now you've also got this, you got Harbrand, the Southland King, where it's like once again, like, oh God, dude, like how many, how many times in Middle Earth do these motherfuckers lose their kings? Like, this is just like the biggest trope of Middle Earth. Like, oh, this is the lost well, king come to return. How, like They're saying how Brand could possibly be Sauron or, or one of them that could be ending up leading to be it. Because you notice possibly. how... So in uh, go back and look at one of the scenes when they go into battle, uh, Hellbrand is literally wearing rings all over his body. It's like his suspenders are made out of rings. Like right. it's almost like dirt. You just you know, but it I think could eventually. Be. But we do like, see. I mean, he comes and corrupts. Like Sauron comes and you'll see him interact with Celebrimbor uh, soon. Like because yeah. he's the one who kind of like poisons Celebrimbor to create the One Ring and. Uh, but it's just like yeah, this trope. We haven't of seen like him in human King, form you know? yet. Remember, right. in, all in Lord of the Rings, he was trying to get that human form. He was still mm-hmm. just that eye of Sauron, right? right? But you know, but here, I, you know, I'd love to see how they gave. I think they gave what three king, three rings to dwarves, three to dwarves, uh, seven to el- and then, no, three to elves, seven to dwarves, nine to humans, nine to humans. Yeah, yeah. and then secretly, uh, what's his nuts? Sauron had him create one ring to control them all, right? right? Like right. one of the coolest scenes is the dire uh, is the 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 race, the dire race, is that what they call the Nazgul. The, uh, the Nazgul, which are nine past kings mm-hmm. that were corrupted by it. And then, you know, the one the Lord of the Nazgul, right, who was having that crazy and he says, No man can kill me. And then, you know, the witch fucking, king. Uh, yeah, yeah, Theoden's daughter comes out, I'm no man, stabs him in the fucking yeah. face. <laughs> who saw that coming? Yeah. yeah, I was like, that's pretty dope. I, I can still remember as a kid. The Lord of the Rings cartoon, the uh, animated movie, uh, with the god awful song uh, "Frodo of the Nine, Nine fingers, fingers and the Ring the of Doom." Ring oh of my doom. god, that's yeah. all we had back then, man. That's I sing that shit had. all the time, dude. I love. Oh that. my god, Frodo but it was like that was my first introduction to like fingers. Lord of the Rings. You know, I was in like first second grade. That was way too heavy reading for for back then. But Tolkien yeah. is a lot like George R. R. Martin, where or even Stephen King, where they spend a lot of time, they introduce a character and will spend a literally a, two chapters telling you their history and then they go forth and then they, you know, forget about them. But it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, if you're a fan of, of Tolkien fantasy and you ha- and just be patient, I mean, it's coming out for multiple seasons. I mean, Game oh, yeah. of Thrones season one, there was no even major big battles in it. 
if you think about it, it was just, you know, that, and the, the budgets are small. And then as it got bigger and then next, you know, we got battle of the bastards by season five or so. And so, yeah, um, I I'm, think people you know, are just, it's just their billion dollar, uh, budget that they'd spend. And it would, I mean, there's just so many haters these days that it's just like, yeah, oh, a billion dollars. It doesn't look like a billion dollars show. Like, you know what? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, dude. It no costs a lot of money. I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I mean, I think Galadriel is, is perfect. You know, how people are saying she's not a warrior, but it's like, Hey man, they can only give what was given to them to do. Right. right. So you, they, and you gotta they make, to a, you gotta have some characters that, you know, to bring, to tie it in kind of like, yeah. So. It is to see where Elrond ends up too, because right now he's kind of stuck with the the dwarves, and maybe he's gonna deal with um, the Balrog, right? Because um, Elrond was there when Cedril cut off the ring on mm-hmm. uh, Sauron's hand in the too. battle. Yeah, yeah. So he's pretty old. Yeah, right? even oh, though yeah, he's way old, dude. He's old balls. So I meant because I was watching the ending of uh, Return of the King, and it's like. So if they get touched by the ring or a certain type of creatures, they sail into the West where they kind of live in perpetuity. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, the, the undying lands. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where Galadriel was supposed to go. Right. The, I think at the end of episode mm-hmm. one or two, it's where so all the, the elves the, and the Valar go. Yeah. Yeah. Valar. And, you know, so I think uh, Gandalf falls in that category of one of those mm-hmm. where he's like a, you know, super grand wizard, one of the most powerful wizards on, on Middle Earth. But Bilbo and Frodo get to go too because they both possess the ring. And so right. they were taken off into um, this land too. Or Gladriel's like, look, Morgoth is still around. Sauron is still around. I need to jump off the ship. I need to go back there. Uh, yeah. You know, it was very short sighted. Like, what did she think was going to happen? She's going to swim her way back? Like, yeah. I, I would have just went, you know. I mean, uh, if and then I was watching like, uh, Return of the King and I was like, um, you know, Aragon ends up becoming becoming the King King Gondor, and mm-hmm. you know, and they're all like, you know, and he's with the, uh, uh, you know, Elrond is there, and all the elves are there. But you know, this was this is supposed to. I mean, there's a scene where in the two towers, where the elves of Rivendale, or maybe they're, I think they're from Rivendale. They come to assist them at Helm's Deep. Remember yeah. that again? Mm-hmm. And he goes. We will honor the day when one time man stood with elf against the forces of evil or something along those lines. And I think in this, in the Rings of Power, we're actually seeing that where the right. elves are coming to Middle Earth because they sense there's a greater danger, even though elves have the power of foresight. I mean, Eldron saw what the fuck was going on in Lord of the Rings, right? He knew what he had. He knew what was going to happen. And in a way, I think Gandalf had the power of foresight too, or you know, seeing the future or dreams or visions or whatever. So I think that's important part of Tolkien mythology is what people see as futures, dreams, and reality, right? And what they think can, you know, just like, you know, all the humans thought the ring of power could help them when it ultimately corrupted them. And then, you know, obviously, you know, we see mm-hmm. Boromir die, like he always dies. And every film that I think about a Ned Spoiler Stark, alert. right? <laughs> yeah. Boromir dies, uh, and then Faramir uh, ends up uh, surviving. So, um, yeah, it's, it's if you haven't, King of the, uh, the two kings, or was it the Return of the, the King? Second, two towers. Return the the two towers is easily my favorite of the three. The the middle installment. That's good. We got Battle of Helm's Deep, the Ride of the Rohirrim, I mean all those characters. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, the third one was okay, but it was just kind of like uh, eh, more of the same. And it, the longest ending ever, if you watch the extended edition, it went out for a good 25 minutes. Like, you mm-hmm. know, saying bye to all the hobbits. And oh, yeah. You can't, but... you can't watch it without watching the extended, though. Like, I honestly. Oh, I, have, I, I am on DVD. I have the yeah. extended edition. I, did, DVD, I used yeah. to have them, too. And then I got rid of all my DVDs. Oh, it's like but... a good three and a half hours. Long, oh, yeah. Sometimes four hours, if that. But, yeah. It's still good to watch. I, I think, you know, if you watch those right before you watch Rings of Power, you can better name the if you haven't seen in a long time and you haven't read the books in a long time some of the names would be like i don't but if you know the names and you kind of know where they are in the history of the fellowship of the ring or even the hobbit then it kind of kind of you say, oh okay i could put two and two together or you could be a token uh snob and complain about it which i've seen some people do but you mm-hmm. know to me it, it it just furthers the experience knowing it's just like watching the new uh, game of thrones right they constantly drop names uh, and in Game of Thrones, the copy drop names of like Aegon the Conqueror, Aegon the right. First, and you know, and all these different characters. And Tolkien is—I mean, George R. R. Martin really copied Tolkien's world. I mean, Tolkien. No, everyone out, did. You know, there's no—I mean, there's exactly. no fantasy author that didn't. So exactly, yeah. The world building started with uh, Tolkien. So. Yeah, Tolkien and the other guy—they did the the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, C.S. Lewis. I, C.S. Lewis. I think yeah. I, I swear to God, I swear at one point they went to like Oxford or some shit together. They went to, they were both at school at the same time. I want to Maybe. think. I, yeah. But obviously, Chronicles of Narnia is more of a um, religious, religion based. Yeah. Christian. Definitely. Based, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. Check it out. If you guys haven't watched Rings of Power, two more episodes. We just finished six, uh, episode six. So we got two more to round it out, eight episodes total. And yeah, it's been really, really good. So. Um, moving on, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up, and we're going to end here how we always do with what we are currently reading. And uh, Tim, I know you said you haven't really, you're not reading much. Um, what title I, then? You said you got your pull list. What title from your pull list are you enjoying the most? I guess right now, are you most excited? Like, I don't know how you are when you get your lists. I typically like I'll get my books for the week, right? And then I, I look at them and I put in order like what I want to read first. Like the one I'm yeah. most excited to read. What's your like top of the, what's the top of the list to read? For so you? strange has been my go-to for a while. And then, you know, and, and then when Cleo became strange and then um, I'm kind of really curious about this new Spider-Man book, you know, and obviously you're not on camera, but you can see it has an art Adams cover on it, yeah. which is oh, yeah, it really Spider-Man. dope. So yeah. I'm in, so I have a certain pull list. I pull strange Academy. I pull uh, Shang-Chi and I pull, um, like all over my floor now and then i gotta uh, eventually sit down and just read them this way it's kind of like good it's kind of like binge watching right i have yeah. 10 issues that i could all read at once as opposed to reading one really good comic like damn i gotta wait a month so <laughs> yeah so yeah right now um strange academy and Tho and the um and dr strange those are my go-to um shang chi has been interesting once they got a new shang chi the sword yeah. master, you know, it's been yeah. better than you know. I don't like the Shang Chi costume that this guy, had, the Shang, this version of Shang Chi has, but the the sword master guy that has a better costume. I read the um, I read the previous run. This one's called, I think, the Ten Rings or whatever. I, I think I read the oh, I read the re- previous Shang Chi twelve issues, and it was decent, man. It was kind of, I felt like they stole a lot from um, the Iron, the epic Iron Fist run with like the dead the. The warriors, the seven, the devil, yeah, the yeah. seven heavens. They, they like definitely kind of yeah. copied that because they had like the, uh, 
the five fists or the five. Yeah. There was like the. No, sword, I'm tripping. I, I'm in iron. I was. I I misspoke. When I oh, you're talking master, iron, was fist. iron yeah, fist. I thought that was yeah, that's right. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, iron fist is the new uh, sword master is the new iron fist. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool, man. You know what else I've been getting is spe- speaking of fantasy is that DC uh, Knights of Steel. Oh, Dark Knights of Steel. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah, that's a good read. It's kind of like, it's like a take DC super characters, add a little Arthurian yeah. legend to it, and it's right. a, it's kind of like D&D a Marvel sixteen oh two. Yeah, it's yeah. like a Marvel sixteen oh two. Yeah, yeah, that's fun, man. That's a really good one too. Um, it's the only DC title I'm pulling. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I'm not pulling a lot. I mean, Batman, the Chip Zdarsky run of Batman's really good. Um, and then uh, I was playing. What's that? Batman, black and white, or white and what was it called? Oh. Um, yeah, the white uh, the white knight. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, I was I was reading that one too. I'm the not really, really good one. Is you here's a shocker. Batman. I'm not. Knight. A, I'm not a big Batman fan. Oh, I want my superheroes to have superpowers and be powerful. You know what I'm saying? I don't need some dude with a grappling hook to shoot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just, you know, I hate it for what it. I mean, Daredevil. I could used to be able to because at least he had enhanced. You know you know enhanced senses or some shit like that yeah. you know but you know i never was really into iron man just as rich dude in a suit you know although it, you right. know, his move but even when batman at his height i mean i would buy the issues and read them but like i remember the whole nightfall he broke his back and all that good you know, from the 90s when batman was all over the place but i was like never i know people are hardcore that batman fans but he's never been in even in my top five to be honest with you. Mm, man well so and all hate mail to <laughs> Not the Comic Con podcast. The Comic-Con podcast. No, no, not me. Um, okay. Well, so I've got a couple honorable mentions. Some honorable mentions for this week. I, I really enjoyed uh, Matt Rosenberg's The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, which kind of seems to be like a sequel of Tinian's Joker run, which was awesome. Um, I don't want to give it away, but there's a good little twist in there. I really enjoyed that. I just saw that on the shelf. It was, it's on issue one or two. Is it issue pretty, one? It's pretty new. Yeah, it just yeah. came out. I saw it. On, yeah, I saw it on my LCS on Wednesday. But yeah, it's pretty good. I liked it. Um, uh, like I said, the Batman Chip Zdarsky stuff is really, really good. But my pick of the week, pick of the week. What do I want to go with? I usually always go with the X Men, but I don't think that's what I'm going to pick this week. Um, oh, I know what my pick of the week is. Basilisk 12. So I pro- I know I've talked about it before on here. Basilisk is 12-issue series by Cullen Bunn over at Boom Studios. Um, how do I describe this? Basically, there's five beings that are like, they kind of have powers and they each represent your five senses. So seeing, hearing, touch, taste, and uh, hmm. what did I miss? Seeing, hearing, hearing touch, smell, taste, smell. Taste, Thank you. Smell. Yeah. So each one represents one of these powers and it's like, but it's deadly. So basically first issue comes out and these, be- <laughs> like these beings are like released. Deadly and farts. Is, they smell of farts. And no, just... so like the girl who embodies the the vision, she basically is kind of like, um, well, she's like a basilisk, like uh, turns you into stone, but kill, her sight will kill you. Um, the oh, guy yeah. who does taste like eats you. Um, and they kind of come out and they kill this city. And then this one human is like trying to fight them. And it's 12 issues, Colin Bunn, horror. And it wraps up. Um, really, really enjoyed this run. Was kind of bummed more people haven't talked about it. But um, I thought it was has really it, good. Is it just me or are we a lot less horror titles than there were last year? Like, every, like there seemed to be like the mm. sleep, you know, the, house, the sleeping house on the hill or on the left or whatever the fuck. What, nice house know? on the lake? 
Yeah, that's whatever still out. it's called. It's almost done. Yeah, though. yeah. But it almost seemed like like a year ago, like horror oh, yeah. comics were well, in vogue. Something is killing the children. Kind of started all that. Then you exactly. have stray dogs exactly, as yeah. well. Exactly, Obviously, all the yeah. House of Slaughter stuff. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the horror genre is, is is pretty awesome, and leaning heavy into it in studios like uh, or publishers like Boom Studios and Image. I mean, that's the way to go, man. Um, they yeah, they, they understand work. they're not going to do the superhero thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Hell, yeah, check I, it out. You, have you watched? Bro. Have you watched Lock and Key? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Loved Lock and Key. I was Key, surprised how good it was, dude. Season I'm, three was a little could have. Uh, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. I mean, I think it's built for like a Y audience, but uh, yeah, I, I knew nothing about the comic coming into it, and I was just kind oh, of the no? whole thing about oh, having keys that do all these different kind of shit. It was like it was really cool, and you know, oh, uh, so I'm on uh, middle of season three now. I got the uh, the compendium here. It's by oh, wow. IDW notes from Joe Hill, and it's so good. And it's actually like typical Stephen King, son of Stephen if, yeah, King. Yeah, you know, don't know. That's his son. Yeah. Uh, that's his and son. It's really King. good. It's more adult than the show. Um, the show season three, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I just get so irritated. I feel like every season, like the Lock children, I mentioned this, we talked about on this on a previous episode. The Lock children get all the keys. I feel like they suck at using them. Like the bad guys will come up against them. They're like, we have five keys, and then they lose them all to the bad guys. Yeah, it's so like he'll just frustrating, go in, dude. They'll just go into the house and steal a key. Yeah, dude. Oh, it's can the I worst. Borrow your key to go see the dead people. It's I the know, fucking it's like, worst, dude. Yeah, I mean, I had this pet peeve about. Movies and film constantly make children stupid. Like, you know, oh, the kid is screaming, so we're all going to die because of him. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, um, you know, but I like the idea of how when you hit a certain age, your mind can no longer comprehend or believe in magic because you just you just become this adult. Right. right? And there's a theme in Lock and Key where, you know, one of them is about to turn 18 and they're already starting to forget about the magic. And, you know, and then I don't want to get into spoilers, but mm-hmm. there's a group of them that figured out how to not forget about magic. And that kind of, it's kind of like a metaphor for us as a human race, right? As a kid, we have wonderment and ideas. As we get older, we're a bit jaded and, you know, yeah, that can't happen. So yeah. God, I, that's I, good, I man. To- they, they, um, they definitely, it needed to end at three seasons. Um, and you'll see, like, as you get towards the end, I very much was like, oh, okay, let's wrap this shit up. But, um, oh, the dude that plays the creepy British shoulder, that motherfucker's yeah. scary, man. He's been <laughs> yeah. that, that, Oh, man, he yeah. does great. He does a great job of that. But yeah. some of the special effects are like, man, but you know what? For hey, man, for the amount of drivel that's on Netflix, at least that's something I can binge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And shockingly, the comic didn't go up that high in value. You know, oh yeah, it, it didn't. It was it was good though. It's it, it, it's yeah. worth the read, man. I, I definitely suggest people out there to get the IDW compendium for the Key House compendium is what it's called, and it's it's really, yeah. really good. And then they canceled Paper Girls and Amazon, which is I wanted to see season two of that. That was yeah. interesting. That was yeah. pretty decent too. So something else just got canceled on Netflix. I'm trying to think it was a um, a comic related project that got canceled going forward because oh know, yeah, it was um we talked about it last week. It was um shit, bro. Uh. Damn it! We talked about it last week on the on the podcast. It Uh-oh. was a it was an off brand kind of yeah. Uh, it was like an indie. Oh, Grendel. Yeah. Grendel. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the odd thing is, here's the thing. I think somebody's going to pick it up because somebody's already done all the heavy lifting. They already filmed the entire thing, so somebody just has to buy it and be like, here. They don't, you know, maybe they have to do some special effects, but all the production is already there. They already filmed the entire thing, and then you know, the, apparently, you know, they can sell it to whomever Amazon prime or Peacock or whatever the fuck. And they can, you know, stream it because 
it's already been filmed all the entire mm-hmm. season and then some they said so um you know grendel has always kind of been like that independent kind of uh batman but more violent um you could say if you ever read the grendel comics so uh any yeah. any more you know comic book related stuff we can get on on social media on streaming or whatever the better man that's what i think yep well cool man hey thanks for thanks for coming on being a guest host this week with us while justin was out being Frolicking an influencer at new york city, new york, yeah. new york city comic-con so it'll see be him at the whatnot booth tomorrow uh, actually, he will be there Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon. So check out anyone who's following whatnot. Follow uh, Justin's Instagram, and he should be posting because he's not going on his stream. I don't believe he'll be going on some other ones. So wow, uh, so he is an influencer now. Big. Well, he didn't get. Um, they didn't hook him up with a with a spot, even though he reached out. He was kind of. Um, yeah, I don't know. So he's. Some other people are allowing him to come on, and he's going to sell on. Uh, on theirs so definitely check that out everyone keep an eye so and everyone you should know if you're listening to us where you can find tim you can find him on lords of the long box and tell everyone about what the weekly shows you're doing these week these days uh every tuesday we do a cover price top 10 plus our runner-up where we look at the top 10 selling uh trending books on the market both in percentage of price jump as well as quantity sold and Thursday, we do a shakers list where we look at the most unique or high prices. So we can go all the way back to golden age uh, to maybe some variants from the 80s or 90s. It's kind of like the we like to call it the offer list because a lot of times people get zero on that list because it's mm-hmm. we like to they like to dig deep to find these kind of rare comics that apparently we didn't know about, but other people did. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one, man. So check that out. I've heard I've heard about the um, the cover price show on Tuesdays. I've heard about that one. I'll have to check. Yeah, you may be on it every now and then when yeah, you're not too busy. Yeah. When I'm not. Yeah. yeah. So. so that's it, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you next week. Peace out. Peace.